0: Okay, so this is the last podcast in our fashion protest series. With the first two, we started with a very kind of individual identity and individual fashion protest. But today we really want to widen that and talk about kind of fashion protest to the masses. And essentially, I mean, the overarching question in this podcast is fashion becoming more or less subversive. And so this is the idea that fashion as we know it is built on subcultures that are protesting against something because of online and social media these trends can be picked up by everyone within a second. Right. and saturated, yeah. I and mean, it's so oversaturated that mm. a small group is a punk and now everyone's a punk. Right. How is that a protest? Mm. Who are you protesting against yeah. when everyone is following that trend? Right. I mean, how do we think that kind of fast fashion and consumerism has like affected subcultures?
1: I think fast fashion is really sort of built on conformity. It has to be built on people who are willing to sort of conform to any sort of standard or any sort of trend or... Just anything that that gives premise to sell on a mass scale. When we're looking at subcultures, when we're looking at counterculture, we are effectively looking at people or a small group of people who are saying, actually, I don't buy that. I subscribe to this and maybe that links to their identity or whatever or whatever sort of message they're trying to get across. The way in which fashion has in the past been able to sort of manifest itself or reincarnate itself, it's always been based on those people, those key individuals, those key influences, those key people who have protested and said, right, this is not for me. The mainstream's not for me, but I'm going to, you know, sort of look towards the essence of, of the values that I represent. That's been expressed through the way in which I dress. Mm -hmm. That's what fashion has effectively used as a way of authenticating its direction, its future, all the sort of trend-driven styles that have come and gone. That's where it essentially comes from. Going forward, if people are going to be a little bit more conformist, it's not going to bring about the the chance, I guess, for people or for subcultures to grow. I don't know, it's very difficult to explain because I know that people are becoming a little bit more subversive. But yet when you're looking at the context of subculture, I don't feel that... the same kind of translates. The the
0: individual is becoming subversive, but is the circumstance in which we're in, does it support that anymore?
1: I don't think we are going to get a subculture that is going to be as, you know, sort of impactful, Mm. whether that's a word or not, but to the fashion industry Mm. as we've seen in eras past. I don't think to that same extent because of you know the sort of economical and political environment that we're currently living in it just it won't support that mm-hmm. it supports the privatized individual it supports you know sort of everyone sort of it breaks down communal bonds mm-hmm. so there's no sense of community anymore mm-hmm. you know so everyone is sort of like in their own space in their own lanes mm-hmm. trying to survive on their own there's no sense of belonging anymore the funny thing is we were talking about a lot of people like to have a sense of belonging they mm-hmm. like to sort mm-hmm. of be associated with particular groups that are going to elevate their mm-hmm. social status but it's completely different when we're looking at it from the sort of fashion context or within a yeah. fashion perspective yeah. it's completely different. I
2: kind of feel like you're right we wouldn't I don't think we will get the same kind of subculture movements that we did. Mods, rockers, punk, particularly, the kind of three that I'm thinking of because they're the Mm -hmm. ones that I know the best. Partly, I wonder if it's just because it's already been done and they did make such a big impact. Another subculture coming through, it's not going to have the same impact. There'd never been anything like these young people doing that, ever. For the older generation, for that generation who were doing it. But for us, we know so much about it. Exactly,
0: and I think as well, it was definitely impacted because... It was in a time where it was very much respect your elders' population, like younger people didn't have a say and it's kind of things that you know with the suffragettes I don't really think many female movements have been as powerful as that because that was a time women didn't even have the vote because of like the social circumstances there was more to protest against but when things are becoming more I mean obviously no it's not perfect there are still so many inequalities but there are so many less inequalities now we have such a more open culture on the whole yeah there is less there are less massive things to protest against.
2: The big issue got kind of dealt with in a way and now we're left with all the little issues but they don't necessarily spark the same kind of of reaction and motivation. It's almost like well we did that and now that's fixed and we can just carry on obviously it's not fixed. Mm -hmm. All the issues that come off of that original one don't get the same attention Mm -hmm. or the same riling people up to do stuff. That's true but don't you feel that as a
1: consequence of all those sort of subcultures sort of rising and creating some level of social change, don't you think now that there's a little bit more control in the masses I guess Mm. there's a little bit more effort that's been put into maybe not creating another whatever social movement or social protest movement in the past. And it's sort of maybe pacifying a lot of people. So it's things that we don't actually see here or know about that I feel like clubs or key clubs or key places where a lot of like minded people congregate and meet. Yeah discuss, exchange ideas. If those things are being shut down, I don't know if everyone's aware of like a lot of like clubs in London that have just literally gone and turned into apartments or, you know, new developments, whatever, by foreign investors. But I don't think people realise that there's a slow sort of insidious, I call it insidious, but an effort to really sort of get rid of any impetus or any sort of external mechanism that could Reenact any sort of protest or social change movement to that extent, yeah. to the extent that we've seen in the past.
2: And like youth clubs are closing, right. and it's not sort of encouraged for young people right. to gather together. In any sense. In
0: some ways, it's kind of, I was talking about this before, it's kind of moved online. People consolidate with each other, and you find groups of people you might not even know online. And I think, in some ways, like I believe, that subcultures are going to have to adapt to this new world that we're in because we're not going offline now. Social yeah. media is not a trend. It's not something that's going to go away with advertising going on all platforms now and there's so much more emphasis. It's mm. not a fad. And I think for this to survive and for fashion to go further, it's just going to have to evolve into the society we're in now. It's
1: true. But don't you think that with online, there's you're not really getting the whole package that I guess you would face to face. So yeah. it's the idea of way in which you express personal yourself. Personal profile. Right. Or like yeah. your, it's, it's completely lost. It's almost lost. like
0: personal promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not the same as like meeting up at the well-known pub around the corner Mm -hmm. and all dressing affiliated with the same mm-hmm. sort of like like-minded mindset that you all share mm-hmm. it's completely different because it's online so when you're introducing the element of fashion particularly in that scenario it gets lost when it's moved online so yeah the need to subcultures to be able to express themselves from an aesthetic perspective is lost if those places are being shut down and also if everyone's going online how it impacts on fashion I think it's going to be quite significant based on what the article was saying which was the manufacturing of fictitious subcultures which i absolutely really hilarious <laughs> yeah. we had some actually the names were like Normcore Grunge Wave oh Seapunk That's yeah. a personal Health, punk. <laughs> Health <laughs> punk Health
2: Punk Health oh. oh, Goth
1: I mean it does kind of confirm the fact that obviously subculture style is very new it's very young it engages a very young audience it also it's heavily sort of monetized. it's how fashion is able to survive really I just think that it's going to be very difficult I think for the topic of subculture to really survive in an era that we're in I
3: think that with the internet like at least for how I grew up I think that subculture the internet helped it grow a lot more in my aspect let's go way back to when I was younger to backtrack like for example playing a specific game like I had this community online that was literally like millions of people and I think that like even though the physical location wasn't there we were hopping on a team speak like 24-7 call where you could just hop in hop out talk Mm. and I think that as I grew older that translated into fashion as well where Mm. we had like Tumblr where like all of my friends were very big on Tumblr with fashion. I think that like even though these people weren't in the same places, they had people in like Africa, or, like Asia, mm-hmm. like kids in New York, Miami, mm-hmm. and they were wearing the same exact things. It's interesting because like I could see how not having that physical key club or meetup spot where together, yeah, like all the goth kids are just chilling in the park or like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think that yeah, we don't have that part, but somehow the fact that now we've have like this overlying presence like over the world where it's like yeah. it's just global now. That I think it makes that global community. I mean, for example, there's a brand called Drop Dead. They have a store in like. Soho, it's, like, the lead singer of, like, a big band called Bring Me the Horizon. I think, like, they start off online, and they've got, like, this Facebook group that's, like, a global community with just, like, these diehard fans. Like, these people have never met each other, and it's, like, to think you can have that with a brand that's that size. Think about when you look into brands like Fear of God, or, for example, there's a brand called Represent from Manchester, and Mm -hmm. they're very big. They don't have a physical location but they've got a chat called like represent talk and there's about maybe like ninety thousand people in that chat just mm. sharing pictures of their fits and then when you go to reddit every designer has their own oh, reddit yeah, page i think it's
0: like it's creating online communities and yeah. it's creating this i mean to just to quote a company that i know here so Size, who i work for they have you know a sub online like instagram account yeah. called team Size, and it's yeah. quite literally all they do is share photos of their customers mm. in their sports acting world. Yeah. And it's like a positive body community. It's, you know, healthy, it's happy, it's mm. positive images and positive eyes. Now these people know each other. No one has met each other before. You could be living anywhere in the world. Mm. But there is this online community that they're building. Are just about living that healthy lifestyle, right. exercising, wearing sportswear, yeah. like just being happy essentially. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's no physical location, there's mm. no physical meetup, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they are still forming their own right. subculture. They're, They're yeah, still yeah, yeah. forming yeah, yeah. this culture. And also at the same time, kind of protesting against the whole just gym and, and that's all you do. It's kind mm. of actually promoting a healthy mind, yeah. mm. not just a healthy body. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is still room for subcultures to exist. Right. It just, I think, almost... A bit from the
1: fashion from, perspective?
0: Yeah, I think it's a hard balance because I do think... Yeah, I think there is room for them to exist, but mm. there's also the risk... I guess, to have kind of online as being a complete facade. This is your online self. And right. you might follow that, not trend, but you might be part of that kind of mm. protest movement mm. online. Mm. But then in person, you're not. And yeah. you don't dress like that. And you don't have those views. Do you know what?
1: I've got an example of that. I was speaking to a very dear cousin of mine. And she, on her recent trip to Tokyo, within a very sort of well-known sort of area called Harajuku. Yeah, the Harajuku Girls. Harajuku Girls. Girls. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. But it was the sort of shock of okay I'm here but where are the Harajuku girls yeah. where are they where are the you know pom poms and the, the pink and the colours and, and her friend said well they've gone to their homes where they've realised that now the internet can make them famous they dress yeah. up in their homes take images of themselves and do whatever it is interact online and then when they go outside when they step outside Just, they're completely yeah, normal that's the most illustrate. unradical thing I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> I would not call that protest yeah. I call that
0: yeah, that's cheating like, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's cheating. like cheating it's like Faux (laughs) process, and that's the thing, she can't regulate it. You can't, because in the physical world, you address like that, like, you can't make people see you dressed as something else and yeah, dress, yeah. like that's not a thing yeah I think it, there's a thin line between using kind of Instagram and Tumblr for promoting subculture right. and then between actually using it to kind of cheat in a way yeah. and not yeah. doing it in your actual life but just doing it online and thinking yeah, yeah, yeah I'm part of that yeah. movement I'm part of that movement but you're not do you know what it
1: is I think the missing ingredient is lifestyle hmm. because subculture used to be about lifestyle it yeah. was it yeah. embodied the arts the mm-hmm. culture you know the music the entertainment everything we think you were about that that represented that yeah. subculture now I think people kind of pick and choose yeah I think like
3: a perfect example of that would be like you bring up like where like Supreme and Palace are perfect examples mm. of like growing up like in New York Supreme would be like you'd go to the shop and there'd be kids skating in front and now it's like you've got yeah. runway models wearing Supreme. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And the same thing with I Palace. Would, yeah, when I first moved to London Palace was a street streetwear brand selling yeah. like 15 pound t-shirts and mm. now they've got a store in New York, a store in Soho. It's just, it's crazy. It's kind
0: of,
4: I think it's almost like the curse of commercialization. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah.
4: It's like it almost, I don't want to say it sucks so- the fun out of it because I don't think it is fun to be a subculture fighting for your rights (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like it's what I said in the last podcast where I think people have achieved what they wanted to and it's just not what they expected it's like best example I can think of that isn't necessarily fashion related but I think it affects it in terms of what the hippie movement does we Mm. always refer to that hippie and boho as a trend now when that was around obviously people were protesting the Vietnam and then the Korean War Well, we're in a situation now where I don't think America and the UK are gonna do that anymore. I think everybody's thought we can't go into a country and invade it. And so you had, you know, Trump dropping the bombs on that place and saying mm. that's the last thing I'm gonna do and this mm. constant will they, won't they, with Korea. But it's it's not really extreme and yeah. as bad as it was to provoke an entire movement mm. that involves the way you dress, mm. the things you smoke, mm. what you say. It's almost got to the point now where now you've achieved what you wanted to with the Harajuku girls, it's like no one wants to go out and shout about it anymore. Mm-hmm. You have the right to go out and dress how you want to. You had the right, like we said in the first podcast, to chart your own course and it's about this constant thing about everybody's got to integrate we've got to have one culture mm-hmm. groups that everybody's talking about at the moment like the EU mm. where 28 nations are all made to have the same laws mm. how can a subculture exist in an environment well, I th- I th- where everybody is made to feel neutral everyone's yeah. given their rights everyone's given a voice I don't think it's genuine I don't think we've actually reached well, that's it that's what I was going to say I do no sense think it of is. but I no. think we've been sold
2: the idea Yeah, more. we have yeah.
4: yeah, the idea that's exactly it mm-hmm. it's been been sold and it's been bought Mm. but you can't sell integration and freedom you Mm. either sit and feel the same as someone Mm. or you don't Mm. we all sit and think something sounds great and think yep that's the way the world should be Mm. you shouldn't be prioritized over somebody else Mm. and it's like yeah we've been sold the idea and it's spread and I think it has made subcultures yeah, yeah we're not actually there yet we're not actually as equal as we think we are but it's, yeah we're in kind of the crappy in between stage i feel like you don't have these <laughs> the amazing uncomfortable sub- middle yeah i where, think that's yeah. effectively what it is it's kind of like mediocrity
0: moved on from- <laughs> <laughs>
4: we've accepted <laughs> a lot of things
2: right that perhaps maybe right, become
4: yeah. to previous generations didn't yeah. accept yeah. 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 yeah do you know it's that People Again. are like, you shouldn't shout about anything now. You shouldn't shout about how you don't like somebody else. And right. at the same time, they shouldn't stand up and shout about how they don't, they don't have the same rights as everybody else. Yeah. It's like no one should shout at each yeah. other well, anymore. Well, it's kind of like how we
0: said in the first podcast. And it's like, you know, you you do your grind for 50 years and mm. you work and then, and then you stop that and then do what you actually want to do in life right. and we've accepted it we've been like yeah mm. that, that's the course yeah. of life that's mm. normal midlife mm. crisis is pretty normal though. <laughs> like everyone everyone gets a sports mm. car when they're 50 oh. that's just the course of life now <laughs> i think we've become too accepting right. of that and less kind of willing mm. to protest mm. anymore yeah
1: and how do you think that sort of um translates into fashions, maybe influencing sort of subversive Nothing's new anymore. I mean, it's,
0: yeah, it's we're just kind of recycling yeah. because, you know, what comes back is like when kind of flowy items are in, it's like, oh, hippie trends back. Mm. What's going to pop up now? I mean, Kate, you're a trend hawker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> this, like, this bag is yours. No, then you just have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit like I said earlier about how I'd sort of not disengaged with, like, you know, because I like punk movement. It's, skinhead is much more my kind of Mm -hmm. look but I kind of never was it wasn't a movement I was born into I missed it but it was one that I self-affiliated with a bit more definitely from the look of it and kind of the whole Attitude and that kind of thing. Yeah, I said before that it kind of toned it down because for practical reasons, but also I sort was of thinking about it as we've been talking, the inauthenticity of it now. Although I could not be in any way classed as like any sort of authentic punk, right. where it has kind of started to lose it, it isn't as interesting right. or fun or as enjoyable. And it is sort of mass marketed right. and it's not the same. And when a bit of your soul dies because you bought the Metallica t shirt in H&M. <laughs> I don't know, it just doesn't maybe have the, the same draw so it comes in in like odd little ways right. but you don't subscribe so you to it wholeheartedly it. as yeah. I did when I was sort of 14, 15. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but you still embody a very sort of punk state of mind because yes. then that can <laughs> translate into other forms of yes. the way in which you present yourself more specific to the sort of fashion context. Yeah. It doesn't have to be through the very stereotypical ways yeah. of Yeah, I think the stereotypical a bit has started yeah. to kind yeah. of ease off a yeah. bit. Yeah, I completely understand. And I think... In some way, shape, or form, I have a very punk state of mind. It's that sort of embodying whatever it is that the system sort of constructs. It's almost no. I want the liberty mm. to be able to express myself and not adhere to all of that. You know, I completely agree. The way it sort of transcends into the fashion is pretty much my rejection of trends. Yeah, it's my rejection of anything that I'm told I should wear at a certain time. So my wardrobe typically will be a mixture of you know sort of interseasonal clothes or clothes that you could possibly wear in summer I'd still wear in the winter like I don't I don't adhere to sort of seasonal trends nothing like that obviously I'm going to wear something warmer in the winter I'm not going to go
4: a mini skirt you know I would if I could <laughs> I genuinely would it's the, the mood strikes it. Yeah, yeah it but strikes I think
0: sometimes as well with your like the kind of subcultures that you more inclined to be on board with you don't necessarily always follow kind of the fashion that's associated with them you kind of no. follow the lifestyle because I like not to exploit Ellie here but you are like a little rock star underneath that, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> old vintage
4: bro- But you could not dress further from that. I thought, well, the day that I met you guys, yeah. I was like, I'm dressed like a groupie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do think it's like. Do you know what I'm thinking about this as you talking about it? And what you're saying about punk, what I find interesting is, I would love to have been around at that time and not mm. have been a punk, but have been someone observing the punk movement yeah. mm-hmm. because I'd love to know whether like the enemies of the state was it? Were they not popular with everybody? <laughs> (laughs) Else, was it not accepted?
2: I think, really, because it was just quite the dress and the the general attitude was quite shocking to
4: parents,
2: basically, Mm -hmm. that previous generation. And it was kind of you know, anarchy on the streets. It was probably, I imagine, the shock of it at the time, possibly built it up a little more yeah. the, built up would the threat it, what, a little yeah. more than yeah. it actually I was we don't because we do not perceive it now we, we don't call see punks like, a yeah. terrorist
4: group yeah. or something <laughs> like that <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? but you would get called that but now. I think the difference
2: in behaviour yeah. between that generation and the one that came previously it, it was quite a shock so for people and yeah. perhaps their reaction yeah. was yeah. more over the top mm-hmm. than it needed to be that's where
4: the shift is you saying I'm like a rock lover because I do feel like that inside I'm my car I am a different person that nice is play. Oh, but it's like, you were saying before about you feel like you want to say what you want to say. I almost feel like in a crazy way, everyone stay with me for a minute, the Trumps of this time are like the anarchists and the punk because it's like they're the ones that stand up and say well it's just not no, okay yeah, to well, say like right? to society yeah, 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 he has yeah, a hairstyle yeah. that is so not okay <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm part of that shift mm, yeah. before at yeah. like 15 when I was a vegetarian yeah. I was like cutting leather out I thought yeah. it was really cool eco-freak loved rock music yeah. now if I was in America I'd probably vote Republican I'm like that version right, of a conservative right, right. but yeah. I almost feel like because that's what's become radical I've just decided to go down that radical path and it's almost within one generation, what's become radical has switched because yeah. I think people who are punk now, or well, their version of punk or punk lovers, are the ones that are forward-thinking but they're tolerant mm. and they've got all the things that who I think are anarchists. They're, well, they're kind of causing anarchy in the mm. way the world is run right now. Mm-hmm. That's switched. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where maybe subculture is being redefined because... The subcultures before have become more mainstream. People have coined onto them because they want to belong or because they do believe what the subcultures say. And I do think I am one of those people that, think we have done a change that was just too fast mm. and they can't cope with how much has gone on so quickly and so their form of protest is to just say I've had enough for the moment progress for the sake of progress is not worth it and it's almost like they've wanted to go back a bit I don't know but when I think punks today like people or even not that hippies or just someone like Vivian Westwood who would look at someone like Trump and just want to punch them. I don't think she likes <laughs> anybody like Therese May anybody like that she just wants to punch them Right. <laughs> I look at them and I just she think does. Vivian, you're so likeable. Mm. It's so ironic. You're so likeable. And they're so not. They're almost the shocking ones of the day. Right. That you once were. I think it's like the the little core of anarchy in it. Anyone
2: who sort of fits that little bit of anarchy is technically punk if yeah. you look at it yeah. if you sort of break it right down and
0: then looking it back to fashion I think that really really threatens the industry because if yeah. we're saying the yeah. whole definition of an anarchist has changed and it's like we're saying it's like the trumps of the world and yeah if you believe or don't believe what he says he absolutely brings out like the elephant mm. in the room you know, he <laughs> says yes. the unsaid Mm-mm. regardless if you think it's true or not mm. it's all kind of words and it's saying the unspoken and it's not related to what he's wearing again mm. he's just in a suit it's no one's looking at of what he's wearing because they're listening to what he's saying because it's so outrageous. And there's things like companies are actually worried about what he's going to tweet because overnight he can just affect <laughs> profits. Like with Ford. They actually are. Like I read it in the FT. And, like American companies are genuinely concerned because they're like Ford had a massive drop in like their share price because he tweeted about them. And it's like yeah. in a world where those kind of protesters mm. are, it's all spoken or all online and yeah. kind of unrelated to what you're wearing then it really does question, you know, where's inspiration going to come from for fashion then? Because if this is how it's historically been done, where do we go from here? Do we have to change where we get our inspiration from? Does it not come from protest anymore? Does it have to come from
4: somewhere else? Mm. I think it's hindsight as well. Like, for some reason what you were just saying made me think of the Boston Tea Party. I don't know why, yeah. but just yeah, 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 me thinking about yeah. all these people dressed in this great gown throwing tea <laughs> mm-hmm, into yeah. a river and thinking, well, that's kind of being an anarchist. But I don't think anybody at the time would have thought, you are really inspiring, guys. Or... They would have got what they were going for, but it's almost like sometimes I don't think it's easy in the moment, especially with something like this. This is where I admire what you do, Kate, because how the hell are you supposed to trend forecast what is going on right now? Because nobody could have guessed back then when those, what you call them, freedom fighters? Freedom <laughs>
3: fighters? Yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Whatever they were. When they, who could have oh. predicted when they did what they did where that was going to go? And I almost feel like we'll probably look back five years, ten years at this, mm-hmm. this podcast mm-hmm. and what was going on mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And There was a lot more going on with subcultures than we realised. There's people having a bigger impact. And I think what was going on with nation nurturers at Mm. the moment, I think that probably has a bigger impact. I don't think it's a coincidence that people are obsessed with made-in-Britain product, Mm. home produce, Mm. and that filtering into fashion. People want to try and bring top shops out factories back in London now. I think that ties in with what's going on in general at the moment, that people went so outward, so globalised, and we made so much progress so quickly that actually subcultures are turning in which right. is a bit of a weird thing because normally subcultures might be immigrants that have come or they've got influence from right. somewhere else that's brought into a different culture that's why they're different mm. whereas actually a subculture I do think we'll look back and we will class as that mm. are people already here that are going in on themselves that mm. have just felt it's all gone so soon and that has impacted on fashion the way we buy and we look at the label where's it from what's right. going on I think that we will look back and see more subcultures than we realise. So are you kind of saying that
0: because we are living within it and we're kind of First hand experiencing this kind of turning tables. Shifts. Yeah. Yeah, and this shift, this movement in where fashion gets its inspiration from. Like you saying, we need hindsight to be able to interpret it. We mm. need kind of distance to think, actually, okay, this was the subculture in this time. There actually was this that impacted it.
4: Yeah, I think we'll see more of them than we see. Now, I think we've yeah. identified, like you said, the shift. So much of it's gone online, you're not mm. having meetings anymore, where people would have met before. Some of the people that we were talking about, like Andy Warhol and yes, the guy yes, that you sent yes, me, yeah. I just don't think those people would meet anymore, which is really yeah. sad yeah. because they're not going to places, the underground club scene, LA, what was going on, mm. on yeah. Hollywood Boulevard, who was hanging around there, or the great rock stars, mm. because that's not happening as much anymore. It has shifted and so I think it's only maybe when we look back will understand what groups sprung up instead because I don't think they ever really goes away as much as the world tries to integrate everyone and blanket everybody and we're all the same and nobody feels different Mm. I don't think that has been achieved and because that hasn't been achieved there will always be subgroups. Do we sort of feel as though
1: fashion is actually becoming more subversive.
2: Not necessarily subversive, but fashion will always want to find a way to shock, especially when, if we've gone through a period of not having a particular subculture to. Mm hang on or an event or something like that there will be a need to find something to kind of wallop it back into the spotlight so whether it's something quite yeah quite shocking quite subversive and then it will be whether that gets picked up or not and how that continues on Mm. I kind of feel like with fast fashion and the commercialization of it has sort of diluted where there's probably a lot of subcultures out there we're not really aware of but perhaps we're not as aware because they're not as visible anymore and that's I think yeah. down to the way the fashion industry works at the moment
3: mm. yeah I do agree with Kate I do think that with fashion is about finding that next thing to cling on to I think you'll always have that sort of alternative group in fashion that will look for the subculture to be and I mean in the day subcultures were created because people want to be belonging, so we're always going to create a subculture and when you look at like, the contemporary market now and like there was brands like Hood by Ear that created cult followings and obviously you've got, like, Rick and, like, Raf and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that there's always going to be that subculture there. I can't picture everyone wearing fast fashion. You're always going to have the people that, are like, I want to be different. And I think that, especially now, it's we're at that weird point where you're sort of seeing it happening with, like, streetwear brands and stuff like that and, like, sort of the fall of, like, the luxury sector and then contemporary sort of, like, making its way back up. I think that, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's, it's it's weird.
1: Yeah, no, no I, I agree with what you're saying, but do you feel as though fashion as a whole, could go in the direction of being more subversive? Because what you're saying is that, yeah, there are sort of subversive fashion designers, fashion yeah. labels out there mm. that kind of maybe harness like a specific group yeah. or a following. But on the whole, could fashion potentially go in that direction of being more subversive? Or
3: It's hard. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I can't think of an example of how it can be more subversive, but as she said, it's always going to look for that shocking thing. So I definitely think it's one of those things that are constantly going to evolve. It's hard. like I can't tell you how, but it will still yeah, be subversive.
4: Yeah, yeah. And Ellie? Yeah. In a weird way, no, I think it has just changed. I don't think it actually is any more subversive. I think it's easy for us to look at it and think it has become because we're globalised, so we're aware of a lot more people existing Mm -hmm. in the world basically and Mm -hmm. so the same kind of culture can exist within a culture now but that is just bigger because Mm -hmm. the population is bigger and we're aware of each other so what we thought would be a movement of thousands might even be a million people now but if you live in a country of 60 million that actually looking at the big picture is still a subculture even though it's got a million people in it and I think like they've said that I don't think people are ever going to stop protesting Mm -hmm. which I love and I hope we don't ever stop putting our voice out there at the Mm -hmm. end of the day if you're going to teach a kid to communicate don't expect them to not learn to chat one day <laughs> I think maybe the one shift I've seen is that fashion designers and houses and labels not all of them but a lot that are mainstream and even just like I said well known now they've just got more followers because of the internet mm. aren't actually involved in the subculture mm. it's more being observed and used for inspiration right. but nobody making the clothes is invested in that in the way mm. that people like Vivian Westwood were mm. before right. they were part of the right. movement and I think maybe that's where the shift's taken yeah. place but I don't think people will stop standing up any than they have mm-hmm. now there's always going to be things to shout about mm-hmm. and people will always make clothes because of it
1: I kind of feel as though you've got two sort of identifiable factors here so you've got subversive people and you've got subversive subculture I think people are subversive and if they weren't before they are becoming a little bit more as that you know as time moves on and so we're sort of having a time to reflect on one's personal identity I do believe that you become a little bit more protest-like as you get older but I think that's very different to subculture, where you need to rely on a group of those particular people to come together and really create some sort of movement that's big enough for, you know, an industry like fashion to then use as inspiration. I do feel like that is not going to happen in the same way as it did in previous eras and the reason why is because fashion relies yes on monetizing from the key subcultures that can generate trends i get it but ultimately it relies on people to conform it relies on you know mass consumption it relies on you know the idea that people buy into trends so it's not really going to try to ignite any sort of subversive bomb as it were, mm-hmm. like yeah. where everyone's going to be affected. So I think it will want for there to be subculture in order for it to use as key trends going forward. But I just don't think social society as it stands and in the future will be able to harness that. It can't support subculture because of the way, when you're looking at politics and economics, the way everything is going, there's no way that it can coexist so I think fashion is really running into a bit of a serious problem if it's to be taken seriously and if it's to be considered as a very authentic very real sort of art form it needs to have these things in order to survive otherwise you're not going to get the sort of creative inspiration the sort of the natural sort of fluidity and flow of all these genius people sort of coming into fashion and making a real change you're not going to get that anymore.
0: The dynamics changed and I think that the playing field we're on now is completely different to the one in which all of these, you know, like the punk era and the hippie era were built upon. It's completely different. It's mm. a different ball game entirely. Yeah. I think as long as we have fast fashion and as long as everything is commercialised, yeah, as you said, we're not gonna have those big bomb explosion movements mm. but in some respects I think that's okay it will evolve and naturally like everyone else said people will always protest people will always shout about something because the world is never going to be perfect you solve one issue another one comes up right. and it's really <laughs> pessimistic but like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it just is and I think what's going to have to happen is that again fashion will evolve again and the way in which inspiration is got and how subcultures survive will have to evolve again I mean mm-hmm. I think years and years and years years back i mean we're talking like 18th century (laughs) like fashion trends are built upon royalty and it was like you are aspirational figures you wear this we wear this it filtered down from that not from people protesting fashion did not come from that it came from the elite and you know it's always developing and i think what we've hit here we've just hit another development phase you know it's hard to see without hindsight what's going to happen but I think fashion will become more subversive again, but it's really difficult to say how. But I don't think it will be subversive in the same way as it was before. Mm -hmm. I think that era is, you know, sadly over in the way Mm -hmm. that that kind of happened. But there was always going to be a new way of subcultures existing. It will just have to be different.